So thanks very much for uh, agreeing to do this. It's really appreciated. No problem. Try not to uh, give you too much reverence. Obviously, uh, <laughs> you don't know me so well uh, at all. Yeah. Uh, but we're friends on Facebook, and I'm sure that was a big honour for you. Um, yeah, so, no problem. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so what have you been up to today? Anything exciting? No, just uh, watching the cricket. That's it, really. Yeah. How's, how's, lockdown, down, how's lockdown been for you? I know it's um, uh, an often asked question at this point. We're on the anniversary today of it starting last March. Um, so a year's experience of it. Has it been fruitful or...? It's, uh, it's been, it hasn't been great. It's been, um, I've been quite lucky in terms of, uh, work in that I've managed to get quite a lot of work through these, um, sort of cameo, uh, personalized sort of bespoke video thing messages. Yeah. yeah. So that, that really kicked in, uh, during the first lockdown and it kind of kept going. So I've been very lucky kind of financially that that's kind of really, because obviously there hasn't been a lot of, there's been bits and pieces of uh, film work, but obviously nothing live and uh, not much in terms of like filming stuff. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually listed on Celebrity VM myself. Um, okay. It, it is a bit of a, a joke. I was an extra in this country in one of the scenes oh, yeah. in the aftermath, um, the special between season two and three. Um, and then one of the, well, a couple of the cast in that sort of got onto Celebrity VM. So I sort of was egged on by some friends to do the same um, using the fact that I was simply an extra and they accepted. So it's, uh, it's not been as yeah. interesting. Though. I've had two two videos, both from friends. So um, okay. <laughs> that's, that's as good as, as it's got for me. But, you know, if I keep up that average, I can be clearing, you know, 50 pounds in a couple of years. Uh, well, you need to get you know you need to get yourself in, an, in another show. That's the thing. Think, yeah, exactly. Get yeah. yourself in Doctor Who or something, and that'll sort you out. <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah. Um, so I've looked into your sort of um, your history. Obviously, I know. You, obviously, everyone knows you from the office, um, and I, I'm assuming that's the, the first thing that people say when they meet mm. you or, um, or or hear of you. Um, but you went to Edinburgh University, didn't you? Back in the, I did, yeah, yeah. And then, how did you get from? Because you're in a theatre company. How did you get from that to then suddenly being cast into? Was it was it a slow process, or did it did it just happen quickly? I was, yeah, always normally it's a slow process. It's a few years during the Edinburgh Festival with a sketch group, and uh, so we did it about four years in a row, and we got uh, interest from a couple of our scripts through doing that. So we went down to London, we did a comedy lab and um, got an agent off the back of the live shows. And so then started to get put up for little bits of TV and so on. And uh, and I got it through that, basically, yeah. And when did you, you know, presumably when you got cast, you, you had a limited sort of knowledge of what it was going to be, obviously scripts and stuff, but... yeah. Um, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, from my own uh, understanding, what I might do is if I was casting something, I'd be telling those closest to me, first mates and stuff like that. Um, when did you kind of think this has gone beyond 
just made to nine guys. Obviously, it was BBC Two, wasn't it? First release, but it, it wasn't too yeah, much. When, when Series One got repeated, it kind of seemed to really kick into another gear, and then it's all kept going. And then Series Two went up another notch, and then by the time we were doing the specials, it was kind of we all knew that it was kind of quite a big thing. And I still don't think we knew quite how big it was going to be in terms of 20 years later, still being talked about. But we knew by the, by the time we were filming the Christmas specials, we knew that it was kind of a success story. Yeah, of course, yeah. And how many, I mean, you must get invited to, I've already seen, there's a few podcasts you've done this year um, during lockdown. Yeah. Um, and of course, there's a, any, there's probably a, a good number of office related podcasts and office groups and things like that. Um, are you just getting contacted quite regularly about appearing in these things? Uh, I would say maybe I get asked to do a couple a month, maybe. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. So not nothing unmanageable. And how does it work? Because I, I was just thinking about this earlier with regard to money, obviously, thinking about sort of actors and how things have changed for acting during lockdown and not being able out to go, not being able to go and do live filming, but royalties, from my limited knowledge, work when there's repeats on TV and things. But when they're sold to Netflix, do you benefit from that, or do you only benefit when it's on TV and repeated, which is not happening obviously with the Office anymore? It, it, mainly, it's not very much mainly, that these days. It's pretty much normally all buyouts. Stuff on the BBC when we were filming, our royalties or repeat fees only really amount to anything worth writing home about if it's repeated on terrestrial TV. So if it's on UK Gold or you know Emirates Airlines or Virgin Trains or Netflix or stuff like that, it's not really. It's it's you know it's a couple of pence or a couple of pounds. The only way you can really get a decent royalty fee is if it's repeated on terrestrial TV, which uh, I don't think the office has been repeated on terrestrial TV for a good no, it's been a while. decade or so. Yeah. When's Maybe this year, because it's the 20th anniversary, they might show it, but you never know. Yeah, I, I never found it. I, I mean, I um, I think I, I think like a lot of people, it came out, not much fanfare, and then friends told me about it, 2002, I think. Or 2003, 2002, when the uh, second series came out. That's when I yeah, finally that's right. you need to watch this. Uh, before that, it was, it, it's like much of, much of the uh, comedy that comes out now. On BBC Three, uh, This Country came out. And it wasn't until I started seeing adverts for BBC Three after it had gone offline that I thought, oh, this looks quite watchable. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll check that out. And it was already two, you know, the second series coming out. So, yeah, I mean, back in the way, but... you missed it. You missed it. You know, there was no catch up. There was no iPlayer or YouTube or anything like that. If you missed it and no one had recorded it on VHS, then that was it. You know, it was gone. It was a it was a great time for comedy. I think um, there was. I think it marked a big change of genre of comedies and and, and a kind of edginess to things and that sarcasm. What did you know of um, Ricky Gervais before being cast? Nothing, not much. I'd, I'd only really knew him from a, from the 11 o'clock show. Yeah. Where, 
and he hadn't been very popular on that because he'd taken over from the sort of the Ali G slot, which was, I think, quite a bit of a difficult, difficult shoes to fill. Uh, and I think he was a bit misunderstood because he sort of he, he was he went he was on as himself as Ricky Gervais for being quite sort of nasty and vicious. Uh, yeah. And I think it went people didn't quite get it or didn't quite come across as how he wanted it to. So he didn't have a great sort of reputation when when we started doing the office. So yeah, I didn't know much much about him really. I mean, I um I'd watched the eleven o'clock show quite rigorous uh, religiously, um, and yeah. I loved it for his cameos in it when he'd come out in front of a swimming pool yeah. and sort of talk about. You know, I can't say it in this day and age, but that sort of stuff. Yeah, that, that sarcastic, um, utterly just. Uh, not hateful, but um, offensive sort of things. Yeah. I love that. That was, that was the kind of humour I was really into. And I think, you, yeah, you either get it or you are wrong. And lots of people just, I, could, I couldn't really see the, uh, I couldn't really understand the negativity towards it because of understanding it, I guess. I think it was more the fact that Ali G had gone and it sort of left a big hole in the show. And because it was a completely different style to Ali G, people just thought, well, you know, Ali G was subtle and kind of nuanced, whereas this was very much the opposite. It was kind of in your face and kind of a sledgehammer to a walnut type comedy. So I think it was the fact that it was so different that three people, they weren't kind of ready for that. They wanted the old Ali G back, but, you know, you yeah. can't have everything. No, that's it. That's, uh, that's what I have to just get used to, really. Um, and... I think the only thing I would say about Ricky Gervais, because you can see, I think you can download on YouTube, like or watch on YouTube, there's something ridiculous, like two and a half hours long, every single bit he said on the 11 o'clock show, back to back. Yeah. And when you watch the first sort of 10 minutes of it, it, it sort of has the novelty, but then it starts to become quite similar across the... Yeah, across yeah. The yeah. Um, when you were working with him and uh, and Steve Merchant, on set was, was there I mean I've seen the sort of extras to, to some of the stand up DVDs and things where he's uh, Robin Ince is getting wound in sellotape and stuff and Warwick yeah. Dave is getting bullied an extent on the scene of Life Too Short and things like that yeah did that sort of stuff did you see stuff like that happening or were you were you party to it yeah yeah I mean there was always that that well, back of that back in then you know it was always uh playing jokes and pranks and mucking about and just that was his sort of mischievous way of uh, of kind of adding a bit of fun to proceedings. So yeah, he was he was always trying to make people crack up or do something to to kind of raise the stakes in any scene he was filming. And did you did you get on with that? Is that, is that sort of in your because I I've, I've yeah, heard very yeah everyone did what's that sorry? It makes it, uh, it just it brightens things up. The, the process of making a TV show can be quite long and drawn out, and it's long days, and it's a lot of sitting around doing nothing, just yeah. twiddling your thumb. So anything that kind of breaks the monotony, I think people appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Um, there was another comedy you had been cast as in the lead role, wasn't there? It was um, uh, for the love of Eve? Is it something like that? Oh, for the love of Ella, yeah. Ellie. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, what happened with that? Because I, 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 I've seen, I think that was cancelled in the end, wasn't it? Was it? 
it was ne- it was never really it was all it was was a pilot, and the guys making it kind of tr- really tried to beat it up, but it never we never we never, we never even finished filming one episode. Oh it really? Took so long doing everything that we must have gone back four or five times, and uh, they didn't even finish filming the first episode. So, yeah, they were kind of. Uh, they were kind of chances a bit, really, those guys. They didn't really have a plan. Okay. A and or B. So <laughs> And you were you were I mean, I guess working with one of your heroes in Bobby Ball, uh, which is obviously quite a quite a nice no, he never he, again they promised me part of all these people. They got all these people signed up, you know, saying they would do it. And uh, they never got around they were gonna have one scene at the end with all these celebs in who'd all agreed, you know, in principle to do it. And they never got around to doing that scene. So I think the one person, the one sort of celeb I actually got to film with was Alex Reed. Yeah, the, uh, the cage fighter or something like that. Yeah. The celebrity big brother. Big brother, yeah. Winner. Was he with Jordan at some point? Or, well, I can't remember. Famous for, having a, for allegedly having a sex dungeon. Oh, I think that's... Uh... I'd, I'd be quite happy to be and, famous for that. And dressing up and drag a lot, having a sort of a drag alternative character. Yes, that's right. Strange yeah, man. Well. Strange man. Nice guy, but uh, very weird. Um, what, what comedies are you currently watching? Is there anything you've... Because, I mean, I, I haven't actually seen that many great things uh, coming out lately. I understand, obviously, lockdown. But I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that People have been working a lot of things while they've been in that position, writing and stuff. Um, yeah, just, I, found, I, found, I found lockdown, I've, I've not watched a lot of comedy. Um, so I've listened to the odd sort of podcasts, but in terms of watching comedy on TV, I just kind of, I haven't really been in the mood for it. I, I have I kind of watched a lot of... Um, like horror films and uh, thrillers and dark TV dramas and that sort of thing. Yeah, is there so, anything you've watched? Yeah, I've seen a lot of comedy. Sorry? Uh, is there anything you've watched recently on Netflix then? You said dark comedy, uh, dark uh, dramas. Yeah, I've just watched a thing on Apple TV called Servants, which is really good. Really oh, yeah. weird with uh, Toby Kebbell and Rupert Grint uh, about a weird sort of family who's you've got a baby who died and a strange nanny comes to kind of look after the uh, baby, which is a dummy. And it kind of develops from there, but it's very, it's very good. It's worth looking at. It's only half hour episodes as well. Well, It's like a drama. Yeah. uh, Which makes it really easy because it's very bingeable, I think. So there's two seasons of that now. So they're on Apple TV. I actually got Apple TV just so I could watch it, which, uh, and it's been really, yeah, worth it. Have you watched um, things like Behind Her Eyes and uh, the... Uh... Yeah, I hated that. I hated that. Did you? Did you see The Terror? I watched Behind Her Eyes. I don't I haven't seen The Terror yet. Mm. Uh, obviously, you're watching uh, Line of Duty, which is back on. Yes, yeah, came out Sunday, didn't it? Uh, yeah, really interesting. I've got a couple of mates, actually, that. So uh, that's a double bonus for me because I love the show anyway. So a couple of uh, guys I know are in it, which is great. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, 
I know one of the guys in it is in, this is England. I was quite pleased to see him. A uh, guy uh, plays one of the bully, the bully in one of the This Is England series. Uh, so I quite pleased. Yeah, who's the guy I work with? Yeah. Oh, is it? He played uh, Iggy or I think his name is Iggy in, um, in This Is England. Yeah, I've worked with him on uh, on a, a weird sort of comedy horror film. Oh, okay. A couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm really excited about that. I, I think that's one of the best TV programs I've ever seen. That This Is England. Yeah. Um, Breaking Bad. Those those are sort of holy trinity for me. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So, um, in terms of uh, your your sort of comedy or sort of uh, upbringing, um, what was the first comedy that you you watched where you sort of became obsessed by it or quoted it? Um, at whatever age, probably the one, the one, the thing I can remember most clearly, uh, absolutely howling at as a child would probably be Cannon and Ball. Actually, with I found those guys just absolutely amazing. It's weird because he's just uh, obviously Bobby Balls died recently, so there was a lot of tributes and so on. But that was a. Uh, my first memory of absolutely rolling about laughing at comedy was Cannonball. So and then that? obviously things like Forty Towers and uh, Rising Damp as well. Yeah. So this is like sort of uh, early 80s, 70s, 80s. Yeah, so I was born in 73. So yeah, around about eight or nine, starting to watch comedy on TV, you know. Yeah. Forty Towers, Monty Python, stuff like that. I mean, for me, it was it was um, really when uh, things like Blackadder, my dad let me stay up to watch Blackadder one evening and things like that, where I thought I was being let into this world that I'm not supposed to be because mum's out, things like that, um, where I started to feel that this was... I don't know, I'd never really watched comedy as a kid, you know, Only Fools and Horses and things like that were obviously on all the time, but... Um, Sort to kind of be allowed to stay up and watch a comedy that I thought was rude um, was was really quite a pivotal moment, and then started to get into it from then a bit more. Um, I think, yeah, for me, yeah, I remember not nine o'clock news being similar. Oh well, yeah, me and my brother were allowed to watch not nine o'clock news, and it was a bit, a bit sort of naughty. Like we were kind of young to be watching it, so I had that sort of naughty feel to it as well as the the kind of the humour, which was great. Yeah. I think once I got once it got to sort of the late nineties, two thousands, when Ricky, uh, sorry, things like Red Dwarf and I'm Alan Partridge and things like that, that was where I started to really get the, I don't know, quoting lines and stuff with friends at uni and being talked about at school. That was really when it became quite a big thing. Um, prior to that, we just had, you know, sort of the fast show. Remember Home Badly, Harry Enfield for me. You know, that was sort of uh, stuff we were chatting about at school. Um, um, so oh, what was I going to say then? So, if you uh, had to, I think I asked you before to sort of think of a comedy that few people might know and, and sort of yeah. give a pitch for it. Have you got something that you can think of? Yeah, definitely. It's actually hardly anyone in this country or even knows about it, weirdly. It's actually the top rated comedy show on IMDb, like the top races, and it's a show called uh, 
Nathan for you. What's it called? I don't know if you've ever heard of it or seen it. Nathan for you. No, I've not heard of that. Nathan for you. And it's a sort of a guy called Nathan Fielder who uh, goes around. It's a weird mix between scripted and reality. So he goes around because he's got sort of a business degree and he's also very socially awkward. He goes around trying to fix businesses' problems as sort of a sort of a, in a sort of a kitchen, Ramsey's kitchen nightmares type way. But the, the ideas he comes up with are so ridiculous that you're not sure if the people are real or not all the time. Like he'll go to a company, he'll go, he'll go, um, he'll go if, if a woman gives uh, birth in a taxi cab, it's always in the newspaper. It's always a funny story on the news. So he goes along to a small taxi company and he goes, so here's where well, I think you should give uh, free taxi rides to pregnant women. Then you're going to up the chances of a woman having, giving birth in your car and you'll get free publicity and it'll give you, you know, good. In. And so he does things like this and I'll go to a hotel chain and I'll go, you know, if you've got a, a couple coming with a child and they want to have sex, but they don't want the child to hear it and he'll invent the soundproof box and I go, you put the child in the soundproof box and then you've got a couple of like porn stars to come along and have sex while the child is in the box to show them that it works. There's all these sort of ridiculous things, but it's all done like straight. And he's a really interesting character because he's he's also quite socially awkward and tries to befriend these people as well. And a couple of characters come back to help him through the series. Uh, he does one amazing episode where he's having to go because it's on. He has to go and promote the show, but he's like nervous and socially awkward. So he has to go on talk shows like Letterman and things like that. And uh, so he looks at a load of celebrities who've been on these talk shows and the anecdotes they come up with, and he comes up with an anecdote that he wants to tell about a mix-up at a wedding where he gets the wrong suit at the airport and he ends up with a suit far too big for him at this wedding. And then he gets stopped and the guy's got this sort of powder in his suit and he gets stopped by the police. And he has to phone the guy and it turns out it's the powder is this guy's mum's ashes that he was going to be taken to a funeral, not drugs at all. But because he's, because he wants the story to be real, he actually recreates the story. So he actually goes and gets people to do it. So he ends up going on this trip across America, arranging with someone to swap their suit, and it's all really... And then he ends up telling the story live on a Letterman chat show type thing and getting big laughs. But we all sort of know that it's kind of all bullshit. And so he does all these different schemes. It's like absolutely... It runs for like two series... Because he said it, I think in the end it just became too expensive to get it all done and, and too ridiculous the way he had to plan everything out. But it's uh, it's an absolutely amazing show. Everyone I know who I've recommended for absolutely loves it. It's two just series. one of those incredible one-off shows. Yeah, two series, you said? I think there's two series, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and that American. Maybe yeah. 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 Um, no, never heard of that. Uh, how long ago was that made? I think it was like it was between 2014 and 2017 or 18. I think. Oh, okay. So over that time period. That's, it's quite amazing that they are ranked so highly. <laughs> yeah, not heard of by many people. I, I guess think it's on Amazon. I saw it was on Amazon, so it's definitely oh. worth worth checking it out. So um, it's it's sort of deadpan enough to be con- con- convincing as as if it could be real. So is it? It is real. This is the thing. It's hard to explain. It is real. Okay. These businesses and things he goes through are real people in America. 
you know, strange companies and people who are looking for publicity. It's kind so of a get- lot of the time they'll agree to do it because it's a niche. It's kind of coming across like a little a pizza like a, company. You are? It goes to a pizza company. It goes to a pizza company, a small pizza company in a, in a town. And he says, he's got this idea that tell people that you know, they'll get their pizza delivered within eight minutes or they get a free pizza. Uh, and then the small pin is the, they're always getting late. So they always get a free pizza, but the free pizza is only an inch <laughs> wide. <laughs> know about. And so everyone, all the customers start getting really angry. And he has to sort of massively backtrack. So a lot of the time, the things go wrong quite quickly, and he has to sort of, uh, and the people get quite angry with him, uh, genuinely. Uh, so it is real. It is real that he's doing, but it's kind of, it's a crazy, it's a one-off real show, really show. But it's, uh, yeah, I'd recommend it to anyone. Oh, I certainly check that out. It's it's coming across a little bit like when Ali G went across to America and would meet real businesses, and and. It's like that, but it's far much far more planning goes into it, and yeah. it's much more intricate, and uh, it takes it a lot further. So he actually designs these weird things and actually plays it out. Uh, so he actually gets proper people, you know, designing a soundproof box for that their child can be in and stuff. And it's just it's nuts, but so uh, he's such a sort of likable character as well. That's the thing. He's got a really, he's quite shy and socially awkward, but he comes across as quite, as quite likeable. So he can get away with a lot because of that. Uh, but yeah, it's a great show. Wow, definitely checking that out. I like I like that kind of thing where the reactions of people are real. Or yeah. Real. Um, and, yeah. And, and it adds an element of danger to it. Uh, Balls of Steel is another similar one. Um, yeah, yeah. Out to the street and, and confronting real members of the public and never knowing really how it's going to be taken. I think that yeah, quite fascinating. Thank you. That's a great one. I'll check that out. Um, I was having a look online again. Um, there's, there's a stupid website called VIPFAQ.com. When you search for any celebrity, um, typically this site will come up and it, it's, it's completely rubbish. It will say stuff like uh, how much do you think they're worth? And you, drag a scroller across which will give an average of people's suggestions is this person gay yeah anyway um for you it's uh it said that people like you are abby yeshu who was um the eighth king of the dynasty of babylon in the 1600s who apparently according to this website is under 50 so I can, I, I, that's that alarm bells ringing <laughs> um and it also says um ajmer singh who's an indian sprinter um, I'm just wondering if you if you'd agree with those comparisons. I, I can't really say because I don't know who they are. <laughs> I don't know who they are either. Um, no, I mean I'm getting on the information there. I'm I'm I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm not really sure this website is that worth uh, following. Uh, it's pretty. Oh, look at that. <laughs> um, I'll ask you about your sort of favourite comedies. Um, is there any comedy where if it's on you just won't ever watch it? I mean, Mrs. Brown's Boys often comes up whenever I ask this question to anyone. I'll, I'll go along with that. I do find that impossible to watch. Yeah. For all sorts of reasons, but yeah. I was just watching, don't get it at all. No. I was, um, I was looking up yesterday, um, some comedies from the past 
to sort of look at the change in culture in the UK, particularly, and uh, and and some of the uh, Spike Milligan and uh, Eric Sykes comedies are coming up, and and it was absolutely stunning, like shocking to sort of see some of the stuff that was broadcast on terrestrial TV for the for like the racism, um, yeah, and and everything else, um, the accents and stuff they were doing. And broadcast to a to, to massive audience, but only in the eighties, like during our lifetimes, is is quite remarkable. Yeah. Is, um, obviously, Mr. Yeah. doesn't have the same kind of level of uh, offensiveness, but the the dressing up as the opposite gender, the uh, the the Irish. Oh, they are. Irish. I don't find it offensive at all. I just find it bland and badly written and just badly acted and oh, just did, badly yeah. conceived. Yeah, I, I'm not suggesting more. More that the it, it's kind of stuck in the 70s in kind of the the style, the style, the, the style. yeah, yeah. I think that um, probably I'd second place Miranda behind that, but I know that's a kind of hit and miss for some people. Some people love it. I was in an episode of Miranda, so you got to be careful. But... I was, <laughs> I was aware. Yeah. <laughs> I, I suppose I suppose my um, my distaste for it comes from the fact that pretty much every episode she got her trousers pulled down by a car and fell over a table and it just became a little bit too repetitive for me after the first episode. What did, yeah, you, do, what did you do I, now? I knew you was in I it. Know what you mean, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't particularly watch it to be honest. So, <laughs> what was your uh, what was your part in it? Um, oh, I played a taxi driver who has come to pick her up. But she <laughs> didn't get to know she was getting picked up by a taxi driver, so she had to sort of kiss me to pretend I was someone else or something. I think. Did she, did she get her trousers caught in your door? No, well, not at that point. She didn't. I don't think. She may have done later on. Goodness. Okay. Um, right, I think that's the sort of comedy chat um, I had, really. Um, have you got any nice plans for the weekend? Are you looking forward to uh, the lockdown restrictions easing and being able to go out and do some stuff? Right. Sorry, what did you say then? Are Whenever they do ease, I don't know when... The, I think that's... Yeah, is it? What's that? It's not yet, no. no. It's not this I'm weekend. I'm looking forward to the meeting at some point, but I don't, know, I don't think that's going to be this weekend or... No, no, no. no. Yeah. So, so how do you feel your weekends at the moment with, um, with obviously, the restrictions? Try and get out, get a bit of a walk in and, uh, you know, breathe and watch whatever's on Netflix or whatever it is and... Mm-hmm. Just try and stay sane, really. I guess. Have you sort of jumped onto the Zoom train and uh, had had catch ups with people, friends and family routine? Yeah, yeah. We do. Um, so me and uh, my mum and dad uh, sort of write a quiz every week for my brother and his wife and their two kids, so that we so that gives us a chance to catch up every week. 
So we've got actually something to do is, you know, a quiz to actually physically go through, which is quite good. It's been quite, it's been a nice sort of routine to get into, which is good fun. Yeah, that's So, it. yeah, things like that that you just got to hold on to. But... Yeah. Yeah. We, um, six friends and I, we've we've had every single week since lockdown started a year ago, we've um, we've managed to have a Zoom every week. The initial ones, we were putting quizzes together. Fancy dress, even yeah. just just for a bit of fun. Um, so we've got our anniversary one um, tonight, um, and we're we're sort of dressing up in seventies theme just because of the serpent that was on TV recently, which we all watched and enjoyed. So, oh, yeah. so I've got a fake wig that is uh, is dreadful. It's um, I'm I'm trying to be Charles the Budger from it, um, but I, I you know I don't have the skin tone. I've not got the looks, and this <laughs> wig it, it kind of comes out like a bulb. I look more like my aunt um, than him. Uh, and it sheds hair everywhere as well. So just before um, I came on, I was picking black hair off of my off my jumper uh, <laughs> because I just thought I'd try it on. I didn't think about trying it on while you were on, on air. But um, yeah, so we've, <laughs> we've got that tonight and we, we've um, all got to put together a round of quiz each. But I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So, so I put my presentation together and was up to gone five this morning working on it just because I just needed to get it to be better than everyone else's. Wow. Succinctly. Okay. I don't do that normally. I'm not, I'm not normally that much of a – I don't stay out till five in the morning and do things typically. Just uh, just spend yeah. it because it's the anniversary. And we feel quite proud that we've kind of done it every week, which has been really nice. Yeah, that's a good guy. Right. Um, I don't imagine um, there's a there's a lot more that you have to ask me. Um, seeing as you don't, seeing as you don't know me through uh, any means other than this random message that I've sent you asking to come on here. So uh, thank you so much for doing that. It's been a real pleasure. No to worries, be- man. Have you, yeah. good, uh, have you had a good evening on Zoom? Thanks very much. Yeah, should be good. Should be nice. We've got some pineapple and cheese and things like that. So, Excellent. Yeah. Right. Well, good luck to the rest of the week and uh, speak to you soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye.